Hey y'all, welcome back to Beans Talk. Missed you guys. I have a lot to talk about this week. Whew. So remember last week when I said, you know, don't put that out in the universe about asking um, what could, what else could go wrong or can it get worse? Because it usually does. Shit hit the fan, didn't it? That being said, we have a new sec- uh, new segment called what's in the news so let's discuss what is in the news first of all let's talk about school still being closed um i have major major anxiety about remote learning um i am not feeling the remote learning um i respect uh the fact that you know, everyone wants to be safe. I get it. You know, I've worked in healthcare for, you know, over 20 years. Um, I'm well aware of the risks. However, um, I don't feel that I'm equipped to be my child's teacher. Um, teachers go to school uh, to learn how to educate young people. And they're very uh, skilled at their jobs. And frankly, underpaid and underappreciated. Um, it's a, and it's a reason why um, they do what they do, because they have a love for it. Um, that being said, though, we're going to make the most out of it. Um, I'm preparing my daughter's little section <laughs> in, of the house for her to get her remote learning on. Um, I have to be honest, I want to see the kids go back to school. They need each other. They need the socialization. They need um, they need their teachers. They need their uh, educational professionals to help them grow. Um, it is the parents' responsibility to ensure that the kids get it, get a good education. However, part of that is ensuring that you know, they go to decent schools. And yes, we're in, you know, trying times right now. We're, we're in times that, you know, we probably never thought we would see in our lives. Um, and circumstances are definitely extenuating. Um, however, I feel that we need to understand that we're living with COVID-19 and we and leadership needs to find ways to mitigate the risks for the teachers, the staff, um, and the students, uh, because they need to, the children need to get back in those desks, not just so parents can go to work, but parents do need to go to work. Um, but more so for the children's education period dot the end on that note. Uh, what else is in the news? Kenosha, Wisconsin. What the fuck, y'all? Like, seriously, like, Jacob Blake gets shot in the back by police for what? I'm not even sure, frankly. Um, he was breaking up a fight and he walked away and the cop shot him in the back and paralyzed the man. Yo, y'all are killing me. Um, Not y'all, but them. You know who. Then you get this white supremacist vigilante, 17 years old, by the way, 
who kills two protesters because the current leadership who will remain nameless because I ain't saying his name on my podcast is not condemning his behavior, but outright condoning and encouraging this behavior. It's amazing to me. Like it's, it's amazing that we are not we, but that the 17 year old, walked past police officers with a shotgun, a long gun. Nobody stopped him. Nobody said nothing. Trayvon died because he had a pack of Skittles. I can't. I can't. I'm frustrated with all of this. It's becoming too much. Literally every day I open up my apps and I have to see another black person male or female die at the hands of police i'm really sick and tired of this shit really i am and it's wearing on me it's wearing on us as a nation and it's gotta stop um so r.i.p to Chaz- chadwick bozeman so sorry to see uh chadwick also known as the Black Panther, and he played other roles. Um, passed, he passed away from colon cancer a few days ago. Um, I woke up on Saturday morning to a text from a boy, from um, one of my real good friends, um, that said Black Panther died. And I'm like, now mind you, I woke up Saturday morning, saw the text, and I was half asleep, and I'm like, Black Panther died. I'm like... I thought all the Black Panthers were like dead already, except for Angela Davis, who's still alive and kicking and beautiful with her afro. But I was like, Black Panther. Then I go to open up, you know, Instagram and I see it was Chadwick Boseman. And I'm like, oh, that Black Panther. Um, Yeah, it was I was very sad. And I have to be honest, like, I, I like Chad Chadwick. Um, I think that he was an awesome actor. If you haven't seen The Five Bloods by Spike Lee on Netflix, watch that. He was amazing in it. Um, you know, he definitely represented for black actors. And, you know, it's very sad to see him go. And of su- and at such a young age, I mean, he's 43 years old. It's so only a year older than I am. It really puts um, my mortality or our mortality into perspective. Um, that being said, I want to encourage all of us, black men and women, to get our checkups. And I'm preaching to the choir right now. Um, we all need to keep up on our health and get those screenings and push for and advocate for ourselves um, in the healthcare field. You know, unfortunately, you know, there is not health equity um, when it comes to black people in healthcare. And frankly, that is contributing to our um, early demise, not only in um, cancer and heart disease, but obviously for COVID-19. So I encourage all of us to you know, take a look at ourselves and get you behind to the doctor, self-included. Um, a little something I wanted to say about Chadwick and his speech about being young, gifted, and black. If you have a chance 
to go Google it. Um, he was accepting an award during the time of Black Panther and his speech um, about being young, gifted and black was really touching, uh, really touching me in a special way. And um, I recommend checking it out. Lastly, um, in the news, uh, let's talk about the latest verses. Uh, Brandy versus Monica. Frankly, I'm not a fan of either one of these chicks. Um, yeah, I was a teenager in the 90s and I bopped, to, you know, to their songs in the 90s. But I was never really, you know, uh, head over heels over either one of them. Um, if anything, you know, I would, I don't know if anything, I think Brandy has the better voice. Um, frankly, both of their style is horrendous. Um, I don't know what Monica had on, but the memes of her being or looking like, um, Farquhar from Shrek are accurate. Uh, and Brandy, her outfit would have been okay if she didn't have on those white mules. What the heck? She went into her auntie closet on that one. I don't know what the heck she was, what she was wearing. And I, and I am a bohemian chick. So like her jacket was dope, but the rest of that, I don't know, Brand. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, although I'm not a fan of either one of them, you know, Perhaps this is my unpopular opinion because this was the most viewed versus with one with one million plus viewers. So, hey, you know, to each his own, different strokes for different folks. Things I dig. So lately I've been digging um, Rihanna's Fenty skincare line um I am now at an age and frankly I probably should have been worried about this in the 90s you know like 20 years ago um about a skincare regimen but you know I always uh was uh <laughs> I always was like uh black don't crack and that is true to a certain extent but you do need to moisturize it and encourage it to stay non-cracked so that being said I have been looking for skincare line and Miss Fenty uh, rolled out her skincare line right on time um, so I did purchase it and I absolutely love it it has my skin feeling and looking very healthy and moisturized and supple I don't want to look 20 years old. I'm not, you know, I, I earned every single, uh, gray hair. I wouldn't say that I have wrinkles, but I would, I, everything, um, that is on my face, I've earned it fair and square. Um, but I am trying to preserve what I got here. Also, um, uh, what else did I want to say about Fenty? First of all, it smells really good. It smells good. It was adequately priced. It wasn't um, super expensive. I got, you know, three pieces. Three, you know, um, I got a moisturizer. I got the face wash. And I have something called fat water, which um, I don't even, I'm not sure exactly 
what it is, but it's supposed to plump up your skin um, and like keep the keep the moisture. And it does exactly that. But it was priced at around $70, $75 for those three pieces, which, you know, for skincare, you know, is it for high high end or mid mid level skincare is not bad. I enjoy it. I'll buy it again. Uh, other things that I dig veering, you know, off to another topic altogether are old pictures of black people. I love old pictures of black people. Um, especially during, um, reconstruction and Harlem Renaissance time, not only just, um, in the North or the South or wherever. I just, I love looking at pictures of older, of, of past generations of black people. Um, I love to think about the story behind the picture, what the subject was thinking and or doing at the time. I think it's because I love history. And so when I'm looking at those pictures, I'm contemplating what the context of the picture was. That being said, the other thing that I dig is old houses. If anybody follows me on Instagram, um, they'll, they know that, uh, I post pictures of old houses all the time. My favorite old houses are Victorian. Uh, I just love that ornamentation. And I think the reason I love old houses is because I was partially raised in an old house. Shout out to 706 4th Avenue. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, I think old houses tell stories and they tell experiences. They house experiences that I'm intrigued uh, by the stories of the people who lived in them and, you know, what all went on there. So, uh, and plus I'm a Pisces, I'm easily able to use my imagination to event, invent a story of who may lived in that house and what lives were lived there. Tete-a-tete time, y'all. So this week on um, episode four, we are going to discuss books. Uh, books that have influenced my life in one way or another. The only other thing that I love as much as music, other than my kids, are books. Like music, books allow me to learn and to live in another world, both fiction and fiction allowed me to, you know, escape reality and live in another world. And nonfiction, of course, helped me to learn, which are my favorite things. Um, I used to say that in a fire, the only thing I would take are my music and my books. Uh, I used to want when I was a kid and not and not just a kid, you know. Well, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to want to live in a library. Now I just want a library in my home. Right now I'll settle for a few bookcases, but the ultimate goal is one of those dark wood rooms with books that line the walls and a ladder that slides across the wall with a plush purple couch and a bar stocked with bourbon. Don't judge me. Some people want luxurious bathrooms and gourmet kitchens. I want a dark cherry wood library. 
So in this episode, I wanted to discuss a few books that have influenced my life. Um, Much like the song episode, this is not a comprehensive list, but more of a brief synopsis of my top five. Actually, I take something from everything I read, but these titles are special. And here's why. Number one. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. Read several times in the sixth and seventh grade while attending Bradley Beach uh, School as one of only three black kids in the whole school. So Judy Bloom was a huge influence on my early adolescence. I had all kinds of questions as a young girl, like age 11 to 13, about my body, about how life worked and how I fit into it. I'm a Pisces, and yes, at 12, I was having existential crises, or perhaps I just didn't have anybody to talk to. My way of seeking answers was to look it up in a book, and when I heard about this book where breasts were discussed, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. I knew I had to read it. Mind you, I had breasts since the fifth grade. I wasn't trying to increase my bust. I was trying to figure out why were they here already. Um, It was a fiction book about a 12-year-old girl whose family moves from Manhattan to Jersey. Margaret, the main character, was plagued with puberty and questions of when her period will come and, and her breasts. Also, she questioned... She was questioned about what religion she was. I can't I could relate to Margaret in terms of puberty questions and navigating being the new girl in a new place, which I was at that age and at many times growing up, which heavily influenced how I relate to people and situations. Um, all that moving around helped me learn to adapt, but I also learned the bad habit of people pleasing. But that's another talk for another time. Number two, autobiography of Malcolm X is told to Alex Haley by Malcolm X. So I read this in the eighth grade while attending Ealma Flag in Newark, New Jersey. So after having been one of a few black kids in a majority white school, I was now attending a school in the heart of Newark, New Jersey, which is urban and mostly black and brown. Frankly, I can't remember any white kids there at all. Anywho, I was always aware of my blackness and proud of it and loved it. I was raised to love being black and new black people in America and the world, for that matter, had a rich history that included more than just slavery. That being said, though, in 1992... Malcolm X's popularity among Gen X was at its height due in large part to Spike Lee's movie about the life of Malcolm X, which Denzel deserved an Oscar for, but hashtag Oscar so white. I digress. I was definitely becoming very militant in my blackness. So I was a student in the school of Malcolm and what better book to learn from than his autobiography. I remember reading this book in about two days. Now, I'm a fast reader now when I'm interested in something. I could literally read a book in a day. Um, But then I wasn't necessarily reading books that fast. I was captivated by Malcolm's life trajectory through poverty and being separated from his mom, which I could relate to being separated from my mom. Uh, 
Um, at the time, though, I was actually living with my mom. So I think I, again, could relate to Malcolm and the separation. But anyway, um, I was captivated by that trajectory and um, his, li- his life of crime in prison. And then on, excuse me, then on to his foray into the Nation of Islam and ultimately his practice of Islam. At 14, I was looking for answers on life, in particular religion. I was raised in a black Baptist tradition, and at that time in my life was attending a black Baptist church, um, which frankly shaped a lot of what I thought at that age, but I had no control over if I could go or not. It was, you have to do this because the adult said so. So reading this book gave me a different perspective on religion and a peek into Islam. I think the biggest life lesson I learned from reading this book is the concept of redemption, that one could make mistakes in life, but pick themselves up, change and be a different person. So moving on, um, third major book that influenced my life was Asada. An autobiography of Asada Shakur by Asada Shakur. Also read in the eighth grade, attending Ealma Flag. So, okay, remember when I told you I was becoming militant in my views a few minutes ago? This book solidified that ideology. This book chronicled Asada Shakur's life as a Black Panther. Her arrest uh, for allegedly shooting a New Jersey state trooper. Her time in prison and how she defended herself in court. I remember being angry, like really mad reading this book at why they had handcuffed her to the bed while giving birth. Not really understanding the American judicial and health care, systemic racism and treatment of black people, let alone black women. Not to mention she was wanted for allegedly shooting a cop. I was inspired by her ability to defend herself and was always, I'm sorry, and was enamored by her writing. Asada Shakur inspired me, a young black woman coming of age during the time of Rodney King. It's ironic how um, that stuff is still happening today. Um, Book number four is When Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost, My Life as a Hip-Hop Feminist by Joan Morgan. So I read this book in the early 2000s um, as a young mother and um, a lover of hip-hop and of black women. So at the point I read this book, I had lived life a little bit. I had had experiences. Um, I had loved and lost And had some dreams deferred, frankly. Um, At this point, I was somebody's mama. So this book examined the life of a black woman who comes of age during the height of hip hop. And the the dichotomy of what that meant. Um, As a lover of hip hop, I was and still am at odds with the misogyny of hip hop while loving the music. 
Joan explores the social ramifications of that pathology and how that influenced her and her life. I totally uh, related to the conflicts of wanting to be loved by a black man, not wanting to be dis- disrespected by him, but also wanting to be independent, whatever that meant, because I surely did not truly know at 22 years old. <laughs> Lastly, number five, um, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. So I read this book at about 32 years old during a crippling bout of depression. Um, This book literally saved my life. Literally. Like, um, just if you don't know, September is Suicide Awareness Month. Um, and I was super close to ending it all, but then the universe sent me this book. Like I always say, the universe sends you what you need when you need it. Um, at the point that I read this book, I was experiencing what I now know was clinical depression. It's having severe doubts about my worth, um, as a mother, a daughter, a friend, and as a human being. I felt my life was a complete shit show. And I was chief operating officer of said shit show. Uh, I was not where I thought I should be in life. I didn't have a spectacular job. I didn't have any money. I felt like I was failing as a parent. My on-again, off-again relationship was a disaster. My grandparents were sick and I was done. Like D-O-N-E, just done. I felt like I wasn't worth anything to anybody. However, when I picked up Eat, Pray, Love, it helped me to dig myself out of that by giving me hope. Uh, The main character, Elizabeth, this is a a nonfiction book, by the way. But Elizabeth Gilbert had reached a low point in her own life. And she decided she was going to do something about it. So she decided that she was going to eat, pray, and love her way out of this despair. So she decided to start in Italy. So she ate her way through Italy, She, which sounds like a plan to me. She had all the best pots, pasta you can imagine. Again, that sounds amazing. Uh, She prayed her way, though, through India at an ashram and met a guru who helped her by using yoga and also helped her to learn to meditate, which helped her to quiet the noise around her and listen to her inner voice, um, which was really important. Um, I think sometimes in life we are inundated by the noise around us, by everybody else's opinion of who and what we should be and who and what we should be doing. I definitely um, can attest to that and was feeling that. I think it it was a major contributor to my depression, just what everybody else, I was concerned with what everybody else thought of me and thought I should be doing rather than honoring what I thought I should be doing and who I thought I was. So... Um, lastly, Elizabeth went to Paris, um, 
with a love she that, that she had found in the ashram in India. Um, time went on, though. They actually it did end up breaking up, but um, she was able to meet somebody and then she loved her way through Paris for him, which I just thought was, you know, serendipity or serendipitous. So now I was not able to eat, pray, love my way around the world. But I was able to glean hope that I could come out of this hopelessness on the other side, a stronger person. Now, this is not to say I didn't encounter other bouts of depression or very difficult life circumstances, but it definitely gave me the strength to carry on. All right, y'all, it's time for I'm in need for you. Guys, you might want to close your ears for this one because I'm specifically talking to the ladies on this note. So if you're still listening, don't say I didn't want you. Ladies, I'm in need for you to fold, wrap, Somehow disguise your panty liners and pads before you throw them out in the garbage in the public bathroom. The masses should not have to be subjected to see your shredded uterine lining. It is really disgusting when I have to go use the ladies' room and in the trash is a pad or a panty liner with blood still on it that's nasty guys it's disgusting so fold and wrap your panty liners and pads before you throw them out please and thank you So I want to thank you guys again for joining me for another episode of Beans Talk. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate every listen. I appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate every comment, constructive criticism. I appreciate it all. Uh, I do this because I love it. It's fun. It's a creative outlet for me. It's a chance to just um, express some of my thoughts and opinions. Um, I have a lot planned. Um, I have a lot of ideas for um, subject matter and things to discuss in upcoming episodes. However, I do like live a real life and have a job and uh, a young child to manage. Um, so that being said, though, you know, this is really a labor of love and I appreciate all the support. Um So I had a request uh, to make the Unpopular Opinion episode into a segment. Uh, I believe that I'm going to do that. Um, However, I need your help. Please message me on IG, that's Instagram, at beans.talkpodcast. That's B-E-A-N-S dot T-A-L-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Or email me at 
beanstalkpodcast.com. Um, uh, my email is actually beanstalkpodcast at gmail.com. So it's B-E-A-N-S-T-A-L-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Um, please email me or message me with your unpopular opinions and I'll read them during the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and I just want to leave you with this. Heal. Heal. So you don't bleed on those who didn't hurt you. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace and blessings.